0: The following podcast contains adult language, adult content, discussion of abuse, enslavement, and sexual coercion. It's in the book.
1: It's in the book. Hello, and welcome to It's in the Book, a queer Bible podcast. I'm Jay Sylvan. My pronouns are they, them, there.
0: I'm David Waters, and my pronouns are he, him.
1: I'm Sue Buzzard, and my pronouns are she, her. And we are going to tell you a Bible story. Woo!
0: Yes! yes. Previously in the Bible.
1: In our last episode, we met Abram and Sarai, who are the very first periarchs or patriarchs and matriarchs, uh, whatever your proclivity is. God tells Abram to go to Canaan from his homeland and that God is going to make of Abram's descendants a great nation. But there's a problem with that because Abram's wife, Sarai, is infertile, and she's also probably older than menopause as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is, yes. yeah, doesn't seem quite possible. Then Abram and Sarai, there's a famine in the land, and so they leave Canaan, and they go to Egypt, and there's this whole debacle where Abram and Sarai pretend they're brother and sister, and Sarai probably sleeps with Pharaoh, and then God curses Pharaoh, and Pharaoh's really pissed at them for lying, and then they leave, but they get a bunch of Egyptian shit. I from remember the Egyptians. That. Yeah. We meet Lot. <laughs> Lot's here, too. Lot's here, too. Yes. Oh, Lot. Oh, Lot. He is Abram's nephew, and he ends up leaving Abram and going to... Sodom and living there and then there's some king drama the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah uh, Sodom and Gomorrah king evil and king wicked end up getting (laughs) into a a scrape
0: Dickensian guest stars
1: exactly (laughs) and uh, Lot gets kidnapped Abram goes and takes a small army of 318 of his bros and they get Lot back but we also know that the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah are not super great. When we last saw Abram and Sarai, they were in Hebron.
2: Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where? Where? In Hebron.
1: It's in Canaan. Okay. Before we get into this, Sue wanted to talk a little bit about how much oh, she hates yeah. the show uh. and what she wants to have be different. So, Honey, so that's ahead.
2: not what I say. Okay. You well, talk? so, uh, you know, earlier we were chatting and the story of Jezebel came up and I was like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, great. I can't wait till you get to that story. And Jay was like, well, it's not going to be for a while. And I was like, Ugh, can't we go out of order and get to some fun stories first? And Jay had a very good like ex- explanation and reasoning for that. So well,
1: what I said is I think that's what people do a lot where mm. they just kind of pick and choose whatever story they want to tell mm-hmm. and tell it out of context. And that's mm. kind of the opposite of what I'm trying to do here. I'm I'm really trying to look at the context of the work as mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Um, so it won't be all as granular as this, like especially when we get past the book of Genesis. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not like, you know, Genesis is just really front loaded and there's mm-hmm. a lot of story in there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So... Mm-hmm you know, when we get into later books, we'll be covering much larger swaths of territory. Yeah, no, that's great. So I just want to remind us before we get into this uh, a little bit about structure. If we go back to the beginning of the show, I talked a little bit about parallelism in Hebrew poetry and then how that applies to this book, which is taken from a bunch of different traditions, oral traditions that later became written traditions, and weaved together intentionally to create a larger work. And as we've seen already, there's, you know, oftentimes two versions of the same story that they kind of take and stick next to each other. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've seen that with Abraham, uh, I'm sorry, I mean, Noah, for instance, where, you know, God tells him to take two animals into the ark, and then he tells Mm -hmm. him to take seven and pairs of animals into the ark, whatever, and it's like, well, which one is it? You know, there's the two different versions of the creation story, there's the two different versions of the the people all spreading out and getting different languages. We've seen all of that, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So here, we're gonna see two different versions of god's covenant with abraham okay and so they, they think that there's like two different traditions mm-hmm. two different authors and they got these stories and they put them in the bible cool but the one of the cool things about this is in between those two stories there's this other story sandwiched there so the covenant stories are like two breads this is the tofurky in the, <laughs> the middle
2: to- <laughs> or the, <laughs> the cheesy filling no, whatever <laughs> whatever's your sandwich whatever. yeah speaks to your heart <laughs>
1: Uh, and this this story is the story of Hagar. Hagar, oh, yeah. Hagar, whatever you want to say. Originally, I wanted to, when I was, it took me forever to, to plan this episode out. And I wanted to have it be three parts and, and show the two stories, the two covenant stories and Hagar in the middle and show all three and how they sort of sandwich uh, and mm-hmm. mirror the Hagar story. But it ended up being way too long and way too much to say and it would have been like over an hour. And I also think it would have sort of shortchanged Hagar a little Mm. um, because I really want to focus on her and we can talk more about the Abrahamic covenant next time. All right. Mm -hmm. So Sue, as we know, David and I are religious professionals. We know these stories pretty well. You do not. That's correct. So what do you know about Hagar or Hagar the Handmaid? Uh, Nothing. I know absolutely nothing. You said
2: Hagar, and my first thought was a Sunday morning comic strip called Hagar the Horrible.
1: Uh, So (laughs) I guess the, the, the big, I guess, popular pop culture thing that I would point to for Hagar right now is The Handmaid's Tale. Mm -hmm. right I mean people know that (gasps) oh my god that's based on this well sort of like I haven't seen the show Mm. actually but I read the book a while back it takes place in a place that is based on the bible in like a really Mm. fucked up patriarchal way Mm -hmm. and the idea Mm. is that the class of the main character is based on Hagar the handmaid and you'll see why if you know anything about The show or the book. I look forward to hearing this. So picking up after Abram saves Lot from the evil kings,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: uh, we pick up here and it says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid. I am your shield. Your reward shall be great. And then Abram gets whiny and he's like, What can you give me? I'm childless. And my... (laughs) My heir is this rando, Damask Elie- Eliezer, <laughs> it's, it's rando. domestic Eliezer, who lives in my house. Wait, have we heard about this person? No, never we... yet. No, but I can't stress this enough. He's been here the whole time.
2: <laughs> 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 totally on board. He's been definitely, here the whole yeah, time.
1: definitely yes. domestic Eliezer has been there the whole time. The, the, the point is he's probably some sort of servant. Cool.
2: I just like wondered if it was something that I missed from
1: nope. the last time. No. Nope this Mm. guy came out of nowhere and we never hear from him again so that's good but he has been here the whole time (laughs) but he has been there the whole time Mm. Sue, i want to remember the last time when you said is god being a dick because here abram is kind of like you're a dick (laughs) and the lord is like no that one won't be your heir but one who comes out of your it means like insides or bowels or Mm. womb it, mm-hmm. it can be used to mean womb. It can be used to mean bowels. It can be used to mean insides, but basically like, it's like this language
2: is fascinating.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, they were figuring it out. They probably didn't really know what was going on in there. So they were just kind of like that lower part, the inside of it. Yeah. You know, mm. so God's like, you know, that your air is going to come out of your womb insides, bowels. And God takes Abram outside and is like, Look at the heavens and count the stars. That's how many offspring you're going to have. So in the last one, remember, he said this about dust, right? He was like, you know, if you can count the dust, you'll count your offspring. And this time he's like, if you can count the stars, you'll count how many offspring you have. And And I want to say that like last
2: time I was like, is God being a dick? Because as we remember, uh, Abram and Sarai are bothly, well, Sarai is infertile. Right? right. So, you know, he's like, Hey, mm-hmm. your kids are gonna do great. And I was like, He can't have any kids, you jerk. Like, what's
1: right. with that? Mm. Exactly. No, I mean that this is how you're supposed to feel right now, I think. Yeah. So I can't wait to see this big twist.
0: I think your question is especially appropriate because that's our natural impulse, right? Is to say, I'm I'm barren or I can't have children for whatever reason, right? Like I can't have kids. But God's like, Oh, you're gonna have kids and you're gonna have plenty of them, right? And so we're going to see over and over again where God tells Abraham, no, I'm going to give you all these all this progeny. And so Abraham could be forgiven for having the exact same thought as Yusu, which is like, uh, how's that gonna happen? I'm not, you know, like we're, we can't, you know? And it's, it's like, it's a question of like, well, what does faith entail? It stretches credulity. And then what is the, like, what's the human response to that?
1: And especially right now, because right after God says count the stars and that's how many offspring you'll have. Then it says that Abram trusted the Lord And the Lord decided he was righteous, Mm -hmm. I guess, because he trusted the Lord. And then God is like, I am the Lord who brought you out from Ur to give you this land, to take possession of it. And again, this is rough for us because people already live here and it's told us that. Mm. And we are definitely going to talk about how interpretations of this have influenced colonialism, but not today. Mm. (laughs) There will be time for that. Yay. Yay. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Abram's like, how do I know I'm going to pr- possess it? Kind of like prove it, mm. God. Um, and so God's like, bring me all these animals. And mm-hmm. so he lists off uh, a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a baby bird. And Abram brought uh, brings him all these and He cuts them in half and places the halves opposite one another, except for the birds. And then it says the sun was about to set and a deep sleep fell on Abram and a great dark dread was falling upon him. So it's the same as when a deep sleep falls on the Adam in the Garden of Eden and then God splits him in half and makes the woman. Oh, hey. Uh,
2: There's haves here too. There see, are haves here too.
0: <laughs>
1: What does it mean, I see what's going on. <laughs> All
2: right, I'm with oh, it, yeah.
1: I'm with it. Okay, so he fell asleep and then it's like spooky omen time because mm. God's like, your seed will be strangers in a strange land that is not theirs and they will be enslaved and oppressed for 400 years. Oh no. Yeah, so it's kind of like mm. when Frodo goes to visit Galadriel and The Fellowship of the Ring <laughs> oh, and yeah. and she's like reaches for the ring and then all of a sudden she's scary Galadriel and she's like all and shall, shall love me in despair. despair. Yeah, it's like that. And then he says, but I will execute God says, I will execute judgment on the nation they serve and in the end they shall go free, meaning your your offspring will go free with great wealth. So this is reminding me a little of the sister wife story we heard, right? Where Mm -hmm. he goes into Egypt and there's some misunderstandings, but then he leaves with great wealth. But it's also explicitly referencing something that we're not going to get into too much yet, but it's a big deal in the book, okay, in, in the Torah, in the Pentateuch, mm-hmm. uh, and you know about it because there was a '90s animated musical about it, Sue. Oh, mm-hmm. called the Prince, the of, Prince Egypt. of Egypt. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Gotta love the Prince of Egypt.
1: Uh, yes, amazing. Yeah. Right now, as he's promising Abram mm-hmm. lots of children, he's also saying, "You're." progeny is going to be enslaved in egypt for 400 years and it's mm-hmm. going to f- totally suck so uh and a lot of the abraham and sarah story is directly elusive to the exodus and i want us to keep that in mind when we get to the hagar story as well uh the sun sets and galadriel goes back to normal and then a <laughs> smoking firm so this but this is exciting a smoking furnace and a fiery torch appear out of nowhere and kind of float and pass between the animal pieces. I hope you don't <laughs> want to know anything else about that because it doesn't tell us. All
2: right, I'll, but- le- I'll learn to accept it. <laughs> Let's move on.
1: Um, I think that it's it's the a miracle, right? Yeah. Seeing a a, f- a flaming furnace and a fiery torch floating.
2: When you say furnace, I imagine like a wood-burning stove. Do they go like into any detail about like what this furnace no. is? Okay. All right. No. That's
0: fine. This, That's fine. My translation has brazier. I'll look that word yeah. up later. Super brief sidebar. I used to work at a Dairy Queen and it was a Brazier <laughs> Dairy Queen. And for a while, I didn't oh. know what the heck a Brazier Dairy Queen was. And actually, until a friend corrected me, I pronounced a brazier. Uh, <laughs> and he was like, No, no, that's not where you no, that's not where you work.
1: Okay, this is blowing my mind actually because I've seen Brazier Dairy Queens and I thought that that was just like part of the brand name and sometimes like maybe legality meant sometimes they had to like put the full name up there and sometimes it didn't, but that is not what it means. No, that
0: connotes that it's a grill, right? So so now actually what you'll see is they'll call them grill and chills, right? Which means they have both hot food like burgers and fries and they have ice cream, but some Dairy Queens don't have the burgers and they just have the ice cream. And so that would mean there's no brazier or grill on which to cook your burgers and fries.
1: Okay, but they had to change it to grill and chill because nobody knew what a brazier was.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Probably. And they were all like, Why is Dairy Queen in the business of selling braziers?
1: So after the, the, the Dairy Queen brazier moves <laughs> through yes. the, two, the pieces of the animals mm. um, and the the holy dipped cones of mm. the covenant, then mm, it
0: delicious. Yeah.
1: <laughs> then the Lord makes a covenant with Abram and he says, I give to your seed this land from the Egyptian river to the great river Euphrates. And then it lists a bunch of the tribes who currently live in the land that God just mm. promised to Abram. So again, okay, this is rough for us, and we will talk about that at length at some other time. Great. Now let us get to Hagar. Great. Before we get going, I wanted to again say I am not sure whether to call Hagar a slave or a servant or a handmaid. Uh, in the last one, I did a lot of hand-wringing about that, and mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, I'm going to call them servants, because it's kind of like the, the noun version of the word to serve, but then I was <laughs> like, oh, was that just me being like a guilty white person, and being like, oh, I'm uncomfortable with this, so I'm going to try to make it softer, and <laughs> I don't know. So, And this story is pretty rough, and people usually call her a handmaid but it's also really important that she doesn't have agency in it.
0: So I, it's funny because recently I've done a little bit of reading about this in the context actually of reparations. Um, So you may know that uh, the... Episcopal Diocese of Maryland is exploring this issue in depth. And one of the things that they've done is they have a website with all these materials and they talk about how slavery is talked about in the Bible um, and how people have interpreted that or misinterpreted that over the years. It talks about the fact that slavery in the Bible is a different institution than the one that we understand as Americans. A, it's not meant to continue in perpetuity either for the single person who is enslaved and certainly not their progeny. So it's not chattel slavery as we understand it in an American context and, has, and as was practiced in America. Right? And there were a number of reasons why people could end up as slaves, but the expectation was that they wouldn't remain slaves forever. Um, and as we will see, while Hagar may not have agency in this story, we will come across slaves that do have agency, right? Yeah, And and that will be important to their stories, just as the fact that Hagar does not have agency in this story is, is important here. You know, I think the term slave is appropriate. Um, Alter notes in his text notes that, The point here is that she was owned by Sarah and did not, right? So that is the point. And so I think it's okay to say slave. I think it's okay to say handmade as long as we understand that what we mean by slave, what the Bible means by slave in this particular story is not what we mean by slaves when we talk about those people who were enslaved in this country.
1: Yeah. Cool. I'll I'll probably go back and forth between slave and handmade and chair handmade for this. Yeah. All right, so they're still called Sarai and Abram here. Sarai, Abram's wife, as we've heard, had not borne him any children. And she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. We can extrapolate that perhaps this was a a gain of their little jaunt into Egypt, right? With Pharaoh Mm -hmm. and all that, when they came Mm -hmm. out with all this wealth and all these slaves. So Hagar might've been one of these. And Sarai says, Look, the Lord has blocked me from having kids. Have sex with my maid so that I can be built up through her. And this is a pun because, oh, yeah, I know. This is it's where like a, they put a pun. It's a really inappropriate place for a pun. The word that she says, be built up, it also sounds like son, like like a male like child. child. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we guess that since Hagar is Sarah's made slave that through some legality, this child would be regarded as Sarai. That's at least the sort of implication here. Yeah, it's fucked up for us. And it's also fucked up in the story. Like sometimes there are things that you read in in this book and you're like, wow, that really does not age well. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. 3000 mm. years later. Right. Yeah. But in the story, it's like not a problem. This is a problem in the story. Like this is oh even even like then there. I mean the as as far as I read it, it's a problem in the story. I mean, you mm-hmm. can make your own your own decisions and, you know, but as far as I read it, we're not supposed to be like, "Oh, this was a great idea." Abram is like, "Okay." And Sarai, it says Sarai took Hagar and gave her to her husband as a wife. And there's heavy allusions here to the Garden of Eden story where where Eve takes the fruit and gives it to her husband. Mm. Um, like all the, the words and the structure is the same as that sentence. Mm. And-
2: Like a callback, like- Yeah, it's like a this? callback.
1: So you're, you know, so it's remember the Garden of Eden and how that ended? Well, <laughs> um, mm. so he slept with Hagar and she became pregnant. And it says that when she saw she had conceived her- Lady, her mistress, Sarai, was made small in her eyes. Um Aww. <laughs> Don't feel bad for Sarai. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> Wait, let, let's, let's go back, Lady. Try, no, Try to no, get no, it, okay. it.
1: It says, uh, it's, it's ha- when, when Hagar saw she had conceived, her mistress had become small in her eyes. Well, that's what you get. Well, then, <laughs> <great. That's, laughs> now we have options. Sarai is pissed. And says to abram this is all your fault now that she sees she's pregnant i am small in her eyes the lord decide between us i'm rolling my eyes it's not a healthy relationship Mm. so abram is like look your your slave is in your hands do whatever you want to her and then it says that sarai abuses her oh my god and it uses the same word later in exodus that the egyptians do to the israelites when they're slaves interesting Mm. and hagar runs away which makes sense yeah and then it says an angel of the lord finds hagar by a spring of water in the wilderness and the angel says hagar slave of sarah or sarai where have you come from and where are you going and she says, I am running away from my mistress Sarai. And the angel of the Lord says, go back and submit to harsh treatment under Sarai. So the word and like
2: very uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so the the word too, like it, you could kind it, it's the same word, right? But it's it's in a reflective form. So it's almost like go back and abuse yourself under Sarai, basically, or let yourself be abused. Yeah,
2: like submit yourself to abuse. Yeah. Make the choice to be abused.
1: Right. This sucks. Yeah. And I've heard people argue here that this proves God is only a liberating God when it comes to his faves, the tribe Mm. of Israel. But I think it's interesting that just before this story god basically doomed abram's descendants to 400 years of enslavement and those are his faves i'm so, so confused mm-hmm. i'm sorry i'm <laughs> so yeah. confused
2: i don't understand this i don't like this part let's just get this over with
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> i told sue before this she was going to want to cancel god after this <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh so now i remember oh my god yeah yeah
1: no spoilers, but this is not the end of Hagar's story either. Yay! But yes, that the angel, of the Lord, does tell Hagar to go back and and allow herself to be abused by Sarah or Sarai at this point.
2: Is it like, listen, it's part of the great plan. You gotta. Make well, it, we don't I mean, know. Okay,
1: you could say that. That would okay. be a fine way to interpret it. And it's right after he doomed Abram's descendants to be enslaved by Hagar's people. I was just trying to
2: explain it away because I personally don't really like that excuse of like, it's the plan, but that's for later.
1: Okay. I'm not going to go
2: down that hole now.
1: Okay. Yeah. Regardless, it's hard for me to think that we're not supposed to be identifying with Hagar here. Hmm. Right? Like, I just can't imagine like that you're supposed to read this story and be like, yeah, that's right, Hagar. You take it. Yeah. Or like, yeah, go Sarah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right and then the angel says and this is interesting i will super increase your offspring to hagar it, it's the same thing that that god said to eve in the curse poem mm-hmm. where he was like i will fucking increase your suffering in childbirth mm-hmm. but here it's i will fucking increase your progeny your offspring mm. which right. is a a good thing in the this world it's it's basically the same Promise. like, I'm going to
2: super up your progeny
1: output. Yeah. yeah. It's basically the same Up promise. your progeny output. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, what a nightmare. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, it's basically the same, you know, blessing that God gave to Abraham, except without the land. Okay. Right. So you're going to have a bunch of offspring. And then it says, you are pregnant, as if she didn't know. And you will call your son Ishmael, which means the Lord hears. Hmm. Uh, For the Lord has heard your suffering. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, he's trying. And And then it talks a little bit about Ishmael uh, and what he's going to be like. It's like, he shall be a wild ass of a man. And that's not an ass like we think like, oh, what an ass. It's like, All it it seems to mean here is that he's going to be like, be comfortable roaming in the wild and, you know, like, oh, okay. And his hand, it says his hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand will be against him and he'll dwell alongside his kinsmen, maybe sort of like Cain. Okay. And then this is fun and interesting. So Hagar does something that no one else has done in the Bible and she gives God a name.
2: (gasps) Ooh, the first one. Mm.
1: Yeah, because others have called him by name or whatever, but here we actually see her give God her own name for him, which other people haven't really done, Mm. Well, haven't done at all. (laughs) Ever. Mm. Yeah, and she says, you are El Roy, which means God who sees me. Oh, I've also read that El Roy could be an allusion to an Egyptian God, and so maybe she's like, I'm going to call you, I'm going to claim my Egyptian identity and call you an Egyptian Mm -hmm. name. When you think about, you know, you are God who sees me, you shall call your son, the Lord hears. Her story is not over. And even Mm -hmm. though this angel who might also be God, it's kind of unclear, uh, (laughs) is telling her to go back and submit to Sarah. She's been seen and heard, Mm. which maybe is not enough but yeah. re- regardless, Hagar is a badass here, I'm just like naming God. Oh, like yeah, that. totally. And then it says, Hagar bore a son to Abram, and Abram named him Ishmael. And I wanted I'm to... glad he got the memo. Yeah. And it says that Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael. Cool. And that's where that ends. One of the books that I read this week was, it's a classic, it's Sisters in the Wilderness by Dolores S. Williams. Uh, Mm. I believe it came out in the 90s. It's a Black womanist Mm -hmm. book that uses the story of Hagar to make meaning as a Black woman in America. Mm -hmm.
0: This business of who to root for is pretty interesting, and who we identify with. So I think as we get into the periarchs, one of the things that we encounter are, it's not, people are not one thing or another, right? Um, And so that happens in two ways. Like one is the same person is not just one thing. And then the, the other way, another way is that the roles that people occupy are flipped, right? So I think one of the things, you know, we've talked about parallelism as we've gone through the Bible. And we've also talked about Um, how God in certain versions of the stories that were given makes these divisions, right? The other thing that God does is upend the normal understanding of those divisions, right? So in this case, when we look at Sarai and Hagar, you've got the free woman and you've got the enslaved person. There's this weird reversal in that God comes first to the enslaved person on the run, right? God's going to talk to Sarah eventually, but the first person God talks to is this slave girl on the run in the desert. There's a lot that sucks about this story. And so I want to like abide in that suckiness. Binaries themselves are kind of sucky, but what, right? Like binaries themselves suck. And I think something is being done with those binaries here that's meant to trouble our notion of what belongs where.
1: I absolutely agree with you. And I think that when we see the conclusion of Hagar's story and then later how it fits in with with Exodus, I mean, that just makes me think even more that what you're saying is true and that it, it flips roles all the time. This book absolutely like, yeah like in many ways Hagar is sort of like shadow Abraham
0: <laughs> absolutely right I think you were and you were just about to say it right like when you look at what the Lord Messenger says to her about about that progeny right yeah basically she's she's getting a similar promise to the one that Abraham got
1: gosh there's just so much to say with Hagar when I read this uh as somebody who if I if I will get a a little personal here uh, <laughs> mm. as somebody who has been uh, who is a I think the way you you say it is a survivor of abusive relationships mm. um, that is how I I mean that is how I relate to her where mm-hmm. you are being abused and you are trapped mm-hmm. um, and and you're sort of at the whim of this person or these people who are kind of using you and so I, I think you can you can read it that way as well
0: as a story of survival
1: yeah i mean the, I, I see her you know as a survivor especially like we'll see when when we get not not to spoil it but her her sort of uh, mirror story her second her, her second act mm-hmm. i see her as a survivor and almost like mm-hmm. going back to be abused they say in the in the intimate partner violence you know world is like you know what's best for you and sometimes it's not time to leave you know Mm -hmm. like sometimes you need to stay where you are for the time being to stay Mm -hmm. safe Mm. and that that is a way you could sort of look at this if you wanted to Mm. if you wanted to make it be Mm -hmm. better (laughs) that that God tells her to go back, right? You want to make meaning. Um, out I mean, of she's that, pregnant maybe. right now, right? Like, yeah. does the baby need to be born there or something? I mean, so again, I'm not, I'm not into like, oh, it's all part of the plan or whatever. But mm-hmm. I, I can relate to it, where it's like, oh, well, you know, it's not always the right time to leave.
0: Mm. Yeah, Sue's question of like, is God being a dick here? You know, we can laugh at that question, you know, right? And sometimes I think that laughter is appropriate. I also think that that is not an alt, that's not uh, an unreasonable query. And, and that, that dickishness is inscrutable. There's not always going to be an explanation for that. And I think sometimes, like we talked about the whole Brazier scene, right? And one of the things that Alter says is, this is weird right <laughs> this is we- this is we- I, i'm paraphrasing it. right like i'm paraphrasing here but it's like this is weird and it's creepy and it's mysterious and that is exactly what you're supposed to feel right, right?
1: i'm telling you it's the galadriel frodo scene and all of a sudden she gets all freaky yeah mm. um so sue you hated everything about this didn't you no okay do you want to wrap it up yeah okay
2: Great. So uh, they're in Canaan and then God talks to Abraham's like, listen, it's going to be great. You're my fave. Got plans for you. And Abraham gets all whiny. He's like, what are you talking about? I can't even have kids. Me, 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 me. <laughs> um, God's like, listen, 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 get me these four animals. It's going to be fine. Oh, wait, but first he takes them out and he's like, hey, check it out. You see all the stars in the sky? they're not uh dead kings from long past like in the lion king instead they're god's like look all the see all the stars in the sky your offspring will be as numerous as the stars that you can see like trust me it's going to be fine get these animals do this stuff it's going to be cool Abraham gets the animals he cuts them in half and lays them by each other uh he gets sleepy and falls asleep like the deep like overwhelming dread sleep that adam felt in the garden of eden and then uh god becomes gladriel from the lord of the rings and he goes into this <laughs> o- ominous omen speech about your offspring will be punished and suffer for 400 years uh, don't worry i have a plan maybe um <laughs> f- uh, f- floating torches float through the animals um and then uh and then it's daytime sarai is like listen and then, then he makes a covenant Oh, th- then he makes a covenant. Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> then God makes covenant with Abram. He's like, covenant, yes, bound. We'll, let's shake on it. You know, picky promise. Let's go. Um, Sarai is like, I can't have children. Hey, Abram, sleep with my slave handmaiden, Hagar. And then we'll, that's how we'll make kids. That happens. Hagar becomes pregnant. And then like sees Sarai as lesser than her, right? Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, you're not as important anymore. Sarai is like, what? No, I'm really upset by this, and I'm really mad. Me, and Abraham was like, well, she's your slave; you can do whatever you want to her. And unfortunately, Sarai's choice in doing whatever she wants to her slave is abusing her. So Hagar is like, I got to get out. I bye, and leaves and runs away. Angel finds Hagar. I know I keep jumping between saying Hagar and Hagar. I can't control it. I'm sorry. It's Sometimes, fine, I'm... whatever. Great. Okay, moving on. So Angel comes down, sees Hagar by the stream, um, and speaks to her, and essentially says, listen, you gotta go back into that situation. Um, but uh God is going to um up your progeny output. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is what's going to happen. You're going to have a lot more children. God is going to make it happen. And your child is going to be named Ishmael, which means one who is seen by God, right?
1: No. No. The Lord hears.
2: The Lord hears. Yeah. Ishmael means the Lord hears. So it's kind of God's message to you being like the God, God hears you. And then Hagar is like, yeah, I'm going to name you God, my bud. You see Hmm. me. So God is God who sees me and then Hagar returns not not a lot of fun uh, in this story not so much uplifting stuff but I think that we uh said some good messages and and shared some really good thoughts and good ways of looking at the story because I was just seeing this as a huge bummer but you know, one of the reasons that this podcast exists is to explore these stories and look at them and make Mm. good, important meaning from them. You know, it's, we wouldn't be setting a good example if we just shuffled the story, this uncomfortable story to the side, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we have to, I think we have to deal with the terrible parts. And I think we have to be honest about when we can make sense of something and when we can't. And I think there's there's value in, a, in in that nuance, right?
1: Why is the Hagar story the meat between the two Abrahamic Covenant stories, which are kind of big deals? I mean, mm-hmm. the, the Abrahamic Covenant is a big deal, you know? Seems like
2: a, a huge deal that yeah. leads to a lot of really important stuff later.
1: Right, so let's, I just want to keep that in mind, keep in mind that the Hagar story is is interwoven with this in a very primary mm-hmm. way.
0: Of all of the women, of all of the matriarchs that God will appear to, Hagar is the first. And so I this person who's on the low end of the totem pole is sort of the first to have that conversation, that particular conversation yeah. with God.
1: Thanks, team. Yeah, hopefully the next one will be more fun.
2: Isn't the next one about how Abram tries to kill his son? No,
1: honey. That's, there's so much before that happens. Okay. I'm sorry. This is not a two-parter. It's like a. It's like a multi. Okay. We're gonna be with Abram for a while.
2: Well, buckle up, folks.
1: <laughs> it's in the book.
2: It's in the book.
0: Next time on It's in the Book. The Abrahamic Covenant.
1: Hello, hello. It is me, Jay. Thank you again so much for listening. I know some of these episodes, some of these stories are pretty rough, and this was one of them. I really appreciate your sticking with us, especially when we don't always have all the answers. We don't always know the right thing to say, especially with these more challenging stories. This is still a fledgling show, and I I am a nobody in the podcast world. So if you are enjoying it, getting something out of it, uh, and you know people who who might also get something out of it. Please share it with them. That really is how these things uh, start to spread and start to gain a reputation and momentum. So you can you can share it on social media. You can send it to friends directly. Uh, you can also join me. Um, really, I'm I'm only on Instagram. I say I'm on Twitter, but I hardly ever go there. Uh, if you want to follow me, my name is still Jade Sylvan, J A D E S Y L V A N. I will change it one day, perhaps when I decide on a first name. Ha, lol. Once again, we release shows every second and fourth Wednesday. Until next time, I hope your God sees you.